0: It's Thursday. You know what that means. Welcome in the Highly Disputed here on WSHC Shepherdstown, the voice of Shepherd University. My name is Dylan Bishop. And with me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? Uh, you know, this is March. Um
1: fully entrenched in the, the madness of college basketball life. Uh hope everybody's having a good day today except Iowa. Ex- oh my god. Yeah, I had was, I had Iowa in the final four. That was so I had I was I might my, as well retire in my Elite, the elite 8. So
0: I have uh 7 of my Elite 8 now remain. So awesome. Yeah, and joining us in the studio for the first time here is well, I don't know, you tell me what your name is.
2: All right, we'll uh we'll get this out of the way for early. I felt like this was coming. <laughs> All so. right. So
0: with us we have uh from WEPM and WXDC the color commentary voice of the uh panhandle uh sports network or uh what's the proper name of uh, well
2: i guess we'll just go with uh color commentator of shepherd men's and women's basketball for wepm and wcst and then uh i guess just the uh play-by-play guy for berkeley springs high school basketball on 92.9 wxdc well i'll 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 explain the split personality <laughs> thing out of the way. So my actual still not, name. Still have not gotten to the name. So yeah. <laughs> my name is Riley Griffith. I'm That's my actual name. But you hear me on the air as Parker Stone. So I'll explain why I did this. So Riley Griffith is a fun-loving 23-year-old <laughs> kid who just wants to have a good time. Parker Stone is a professional. a professional 23-year-old man who is representing his company at every time? So, Parker Stone is not responsible for anything Riley Griffith does. So, <laughs> and vice versa. Yes, so, exactly.
0: So, yes, we have with us uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Parker Stone, the man for the kids, Mister Morgan County, as a self <laughs> <Absolutely>. self proclaimed uh- <laughs> Mister Morgan County. Mr. Morgan. So, yes, the uh, the color commentary voice of Shepherd Basketball and the play-by-play voice of Berkeley Springs Basketball, alongside me, the color commentary voice of Berkeley Springs. And, of course, I think we had him in here because it's very good timing, uh, because last time we were in here was prior to, let's see, last Thursday would have been the day before the opening round of the NCAA, NCAA Division Two Women's Basketball Tournament, but we weren't in here then. We recorded our podcast on no, Tuesday. No, we were there here live. That's, Thursday. That, that's true. We listen as, on radio. As we far were in as as far as people know, they, that's <laughs> when it aired. But since we last spoken, we've seen the Shepherd Women's Basketball Team advance through and be eliminated from the NCAA Tournament. And who better to have with us to break that down than someone who was there? And calling yep. the action not on the court like some of the other people we've had in the studio here, but from the side, calling it and analyzing it as it happened.
2: Yeah, it was uh, it was a crazy weekend. It was uh, I, I guess we'll start off with the uh, Gannon game on Friday. I'll say right now, single handedly, that might have been the best basketball game I've ever watched live and in person. That was Men or women. Doesn't r- matter. Really an amazing
0: something. Game. That was really great. I mean, they were down nineteen points at one point in the second quarter. Yeah. And they cut they were able to cut the lead to twelve at the half. And then as the second half went on, Abby Beeman turned into Abby Beeman <laughs> and then sent the game into overtime. Uh she actually missed an open three, kind of like a sidestep, side step, pump fake, step to the side, three-pointer that went off the mark as time expired in regulation. But after two overtimes, they were able to give it, get it done, 93-89. to 89. Abby Beeman finished the game with 34 points, 13 assists, eight rebounds, and eight steals. One of the most incredible stat lines <laughs> I have ever seen. Decent. <laughs> from any level of basketball, really. I mean, especially college basketball. I mean... Yeah. If yeah, especially there's a, college. Like that, Right, like- if there's a player today or tomorrow that puts up 34-13, 8-8 in a win, and especially in an 8-9, it, it's the equivalent of an 8-9 game, essentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to be talking a lot about that player. They're like, Oh, yes. wow, when they go that's and play that one seed they're about to play. Outside of any crazy upsets, that's the story of the day is look at
1: these insane stats. Right. So, um, that game was wild. Uh, I, I gave up a little bit of hope. In the first half, I'm not going to lie. It's one of those where it's, you know, okay, let's say it's East Stroudsburg or somebody like that. We go down like that. All right, we're off our game. Start hitting some shots. Chip away at it. with You know, postseason game against a team like that. The PSAC champion. Yeah, the PSAC champion. Like, they're on a roll, obviously. So, I was like, ah, not looking good. But, you know, it was a good season. You know, let's finish strong. But they just chipped away. No no insane type of run, just, all right. Very methodical, chipped away at it. You know, it's like, okay, score, stop, score, stop. All right, now we're playing a little bit back and forth. And then it's a little, like, 5-0 run, 6-0 run, just little spurts. And they started early enough, getting back into the rhythm, where um, it worked out for them, forcing overtime and winning in overtime. It was insane.
2: Yeah, I think the big thing too was uh, first overtime. They're, uh Gannon's got a post. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Her number is forty-four. Samantha Perosco. Perosco, yes, yeah. Perosco fouled out in the first overtime, so that That's was right. Humongous. I can remember that that now. was a big swing because she. Yep. I believe. I think she went over twenty points in that game. So she, her fou- fouling out, really took her out of the ball game, and it just went on uh Emma Wright, Emma Wright was yep. uh, the other girl who's had a really good game. So it really was just on Emma Wright. And I'll tell you right now, looking at that sideline in the second overtime, Gannon was gassed. They yes. they were out of it. And be, be, the Energizer Bunny Abby Beeman was running circles around oh, yeah. Emma Wright. Well, we she talked was, about that. She was huffing and puffing, and you could see it from where we were. Yeah, it was it was one heck of a game, and it it was just sweet because it's like well. It wasn't a fluke win against Gannon. They, they swept them now. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's <laughs> huge. That that was a humongous win for that team, and they they were all hyped up for it Friday night. I'll say that. That's, that's another thing there is uh, you
1: beat them earlier in the season. That's just added motivation for when you're playing. Once they get that lead, in their mind, like, oh, they beat us. Like, let's embarrass them now. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't get it done. And I, speaking of overtime, it's just a war of attrition, like foul trouble, fatigue. Yep whoever can handle that better cuz once you get to overtime it's you know it's a cliche it's a whole new ball game but you get there who has the least foul trouble who's the best condition that team generally comes out on top now and then you get the great great players just take over but part of that greatness is being able to play you know 50 minutes <laughs> of basketball
0: Versus someone who you know maybe played thirty five and is
1: dead. Right. So.
0: That's something we talked about in here when we had Coach Josh Medina in here and Abby herself in here is the <laughs> the other multiple sports that she has played in her life, including in high school she was a cross country track star. That it just seemed like she's. I mean, she's obviously built up stamina. That essentially, like, if you're a basketball star like that running cross country, you're doing that to be in shape for basketball season, basically. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So I never knew that. That that's awesome. That she. Oh ran yeah. Cross country <laughs> but <and laughs> once you hear
0: it, once you hear it, you're like, makes total sense. Yeah, we were re- <laughs> oh, we were yeah. reading that out oh, to yeah. Coach Josh on the air, where it's like, yeah, she was two, she's like two or three time all all district in cross country. Oh my god And this and that, like multiple different cross country and track accolades.
2: I never knew that.
0: And she was a, uh, she told us per, uh, when she was in here that she chose basketball over gymnastics at one point wow like, like maybe middle school or uh, so where she <laughs> whatever whether whether it was her, her parents saying you got to choose one because it's too much traveling or whatever but she said i love basketball even though she was also a very good gymnast so what in the world like, just an incredible athlete yeah she's just a good athlete straight up which yeah
2: it's, it's crazy cause... and that's
0: something we can get into like uh, in a minute after we talk about the last game uh, of the season, where she's still got at least one more year of eligibility, she she's got a second one that she can use. Will she use it? It's you know up in the air. She didn't. I tried to uh, <laughs> I tried being, to set uh, her up to say to say it, be like, you know, <laughs> I tried to set her up to say that she's gonna use that extra year. She would not confirm or deny. It ends up being more at that point, uh, like a school decision. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> where it's like. Right.
1: It's like, obviously, you know, she's that great where basketball is going to help influence that. But it's like, do I want to go to grad school is, is pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: but, I mean, it's going to be her team next year. Yes. Um, yeah. but again, That's we'll, something we yeah, can get into here into in a that. minute. Yeah. But before before that, we need to talk about the, um, the Glenville State game. Because oh, yeah. they were going into the number three team in the country. They were ranked number one before losing the conference championship pretty much the whole year. Yeah, they n- were ranked yeah, number, number one, one for six, six straight weeks. They were the top-scoring offense in the country at 99 points a game, almost 100. They had not lost a game until that conference championship game. And, I mean, this was controversial for us on uh, social media, on the Twitter account. But uh, my takeaway from that game was, essentially, when they were playing in the half court, Shepard was the better team. And now i got to get this out of the way, just in case anyone from Glenville State has decided to follow back up. And listen to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. Or <laughs> if they're listening in live and you want to call in to, uh, I don't know, whatever whatever you feel like doing. I was looking for the number 304-876-5369 if you feel like uh, calling in to ha- uh, heckle us with uh, no <laughs> swear words. <laughs> that was a bad idea. I'm not picking up the phone. <laughs> but Yeah, someone's just going to call me and be like, it's just them repeating the F word just, over and over and over. Just yes. nasty language. But anyway, <laughs> I, s- I said... After the game, and I made sure to point out, even though I write all of the, basically all the tweets for the highly disputed Twitter account, that it was just me saying this, but I essentially said that when they were playing actual basketball in the half court, even just regular transition off of turnovers, Shepard was the better team. They just were. Glenville State was not all that in the half court. They had some players that could, you know, defend Abby Beeman. they had some players that could score, they had some a couple shooters, but they had nothing for Cindy Clayton. And they were, you know, they just didn't... Abby Beeman had, like, 15 assists, 14 assists. Yeah. They just didn't have anything for the Rams, like, in the half court. They had... Jordan Smith scored 14 points. Uh, I mean, they got, I think, 100% shooting in the first half from the role players, like, uh, Hannah Myers, Jordan, and Megan Shipley. So... I went on Twitter and I said that they should be very proud of that and that they looked like the better team when they were playing actual basketball, is how I put it. And then I called them frauds. <laughs> and there were some people from Glenville State that did not appreciate that. Now, let me be clear. When I say frauds, this, Glenville State is not bad at basketball, all right? I, I'm talking about this team as in this is a team that was ranked number one in the country for six straight weeks, still number three. Uh, w- during the reseeding for the elite eight, they've been ranked number three. Right. This was a team that this little old school from Shepherdstown, West Virginia, these players was able to look like the better team when once they broke the press. All you got to do with uh, with Glenville is break the press, and the reason and we've talked, you know, I don't know. Yes, and rebound. That's something that we've talked about on here, uh, maybe off the air. I don't know if we've talked about it on the air, but the way the Glenville State plays they press all game long and essentially every 2 or 3 minutes they are subbing out four or five people they're playing 10 deep their starters were playing tw- they played about 25 minutes in that game yeah and i said it's like more closely resembles hockey than than like <laughs> basketball and the here's how i'll put it when i say it's actual basketball it's like in football when a team runs a triple option and this is how i put this yeah. before Because it's technically you're still playing the same sport, but it's so drastically different from uh, what other teams are doing that even just the a lack of preparation can screw you. It can just completely screw you. I've watched. I've witnessed this. You're gonna witness this next year when we call football, but uh, for Berkeley Springs. But this past year, me and Jordan Nice Warner of the Shepherd basketball broadcast team were calling Berkeley Springs football. And we watched Kaiser and Frankfurt, Frankfurt the uh, the alma mater of Abby Beeman, <laughs> run the triple option. And all it essentially was was they had better athletes, and they were yeah. running this offense where it's hard to see where the ball's going. And essentially, if you're not prepared for that, it can it can totally obliterate uh, inferior teams with inferior athletes. And it's the same kind of thing, but. At the same time, if you figure it out, you stay disciplined on defense, you keep guys outside, you you know manage your gaps inside, you can very easily beat the triple option and force them into something they don't want to do, whether it's half-court offense or passing offense in football. Very similar things. So it's, it's a great strategy, I gotta say. The Glenville State coach, you got those players that you can do that with. Yeah. Genius strategy, but listen, it's still gimmicky. Yeah, it's still gimmicky. It's not, it's if you played to a more traditional style, you're not winning, you're not putting up 99 points a game. No, you're not doing what you've been doing.
1: It's like the little things I mean, I say little things, they're big things that end up not getting the attention. So, like, the big thing is okay, they press a lot of teams, press we've seen. You know, like West we, Virginia, we mentioned, was Javon we mentioned Carter. West Virginia, like Press Virginia was a thing for probably like five years. And that was how they had to play because they really like they didn't have the You, you saw it in the half court offense, didn't really have the skill to beat good teams with that talent. And so they said, OK, we're going to we're you know, we're going to play probably eight to 10 deep for the most part. We have the bodies to do it. Um, we're going to press all game. We're going to get some easy buckets off of that because not everybody's prepared for it. And then outside of that, they're, you know, a pretty average basketball team. They weren't horrible. Glenville, they press the whole game, which, you know, okay. They sub out relentlessly. Like, there's times where by the time the ball's inbounded, there's somebody at the scorer's table already, ready to sub in for the next – they're just ready for the next dead ball. Nobody does that. Um, (laughs) On offense, they clearly – they don't really work for good shots. It's we're going to find – the fastest available shot. Period. Where it's like, okay, you're somewhat open for a three. Whereas a lot of players, most teams wouldn't even think about taking it. Maybe a pump fake. I don't they even think they up.
2: shot too good, honestly. I thought I, a lot of their a yeah, few threes in the first half. A lot of their offense was driving to the basket. They had...
1: They, for a team who puts up a, like 100 points a game. They're not a great shooting team. They just shoot extremely quick, and they're a great offensive rebounding team. I'll give them credit. They, you know, they force turnovers. They rebound the ball really well. But their whole thing is. You know, we're gonna essentially break the game. We're gonna put up a shot as fast as possible, knowing we're gonna get the offensive rebound right under the hoop and put it back up. That's half their offense right there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not not joking. That's half of their offense. So, but I don't see why <laughs> you can't just lean into that. Like press Virginia. Like people made T shirts. It was a whole thing. Like where we press and we would admit, like, hey, we do this because we have to. But Glenville's yep. under the impression where like. Oh, if we stopped doing this, we could be just as good. I have no doubt they'd be in the tournament. They'd probably be a maybe. They'd probably be
0: a, still a top three seed. I, in the they region. would probably still win the regular season title in I the th- in the Mountain East. They'd probably yeah. you know get to the conference championship game. Yeah, maybe absolutely. Because if you're beating be somebody, win
1: if you're beating somebody by by seventy pressing, you're, you can beat them by fifteen half court Easily, without a yeah. doubt. But the the thing is, is like, okay, we got in the half court and we were better, but they're like offended at us pointing that out you can lean into your system where it's like okay you can beat people in the half court then just play in the half court because if you don't need the gimmick then why do all why why do all of that why play somebody only 22 minutes when they could play 35 40 if they're that great that's my question it's like if you could play like that you probably would i just don't i don't see the point of getting so defensive about it um people threw stats at me where it's like, hey, this player has this many points per game. I'm like, well, they've yeah, they're gonna have that many points per game. They got a layup right. Like, under yeah, the kind, basket of the, kind of, a, kind kind of, of the whole point
0: that we were making was that the stats and the record and all that is uh, <laughs> a little misleading, right? It's, it, yeah, it's all it's gonna be why, misleading. that's kind of the definition of a uh, fraud. Yeah, <laughs> and like, because okay, you can give me
1: points per game, but like on how many shots, on what percentage,
2: exactly? How
1: many of those are off of turnovers? How many of those are fast break points? Not that there's anything wrong with scoring off turnovers and scoring on fast breaks, but it's like. You can lean into your system. That can be your culture. You don't have to get defensive when someone says, "Hey, you know, without the half, without the full court press and that system, because even if they just ran a full court press with just you know eight players and just ran a played a normal game, ran half court offense, even then they're not going to be like this. They just have a system that is. I I, I pretty much say it's broken the game because when it works, it's like it's unbelievable the way they.
2: Just, it's a numbers game. Is what, it is, is, totally, is what it boils down to.
1: It really is. I don't know if they you know how much research went into running this system, but like clearly someone along the lines either lucked into or is smart enough to like understand the math of all
0: of this. Yeah. And be like, okay, what what can we kind of seize upon here? And especially if you're playing against a team like Shepard, who in that game played six players. They played one player off the bench, it was Jordan Smith. Yeah. And for them to keep up in that way, have all of those players playing all those minutes. Yeah, Marley Marley McLaughlin played all forty minutes. Abby Beeman played all forty minutes. Sydney Clayton would have played all forty minutes if she didn't get into foul trouble in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the difference. And were, it was absolutely. still like t- she came out. Well, it was tied. Still down two. Yes, with a thick. with a two minute with uh two minutes or a minute and a half left. It was still t- she, it, was it, was it was tied. Uh, I believe when she got that fifth foul and one that that put them up to it was like it was like a 10-0 run instantly as soon as she came out (laughs)
2: 12-2 run to end the ball game yeah that's what happened and i will say this right now if sydney clayton does not foul out Shepard wins that game i think i will i will i will i will say that with complete confidence if sydney clayton is not in foul trouble Shepherd wins that ball game, and I—they and were, were the better ball team for three and a half quarters. And I think that they're in Alabama right now. I—I I, agree because I yep. mean, Glenville beat Charleston by thirty, so that you could call if—if if that was a fluky win in the MEC title game, I guess Glenville just didn't show up that day, or I don't know what happened, or. Yeah, well, Charleston, we. When Charleston you, Charleston at least I mean, really, granted, that, granted, I'm I'm not throwing shade at Charleston. Charleston is a good team as well. They they beat some tough teams. They beat great, Kutztown. That's a, a team yeah. Shepherd couldn't beat this year. So they beat Kutztown. They beat Cal, a team that really took it to Shepherd in the semifinals of the yeah. PSAT, We Should the,
0: mention D- Deja Terrell did not play for Cal that in that true. game. And
2: I'll yeah. I'll throw this in here. Uh, Sierra Lloyd, their uh, star guard, she she'd been banged up, so yeah. she she had an ankle injury. She was a, she was walking with a boot in the because mm-hmm. uh, Cal was in the same place where we were staying at. Sierra Lloyd was in a boot at mm-hmm. that time they said she wasn't they said she wasn't practicing she was just playing in games so uh, lloyd was banged up and terrell was suspended suspended so, i didn't know that it was apparently what happened was and he, this is going to be a juicy story for you guys so wow, put lo, lo, lock okay. it lock okay. in for this so what happened in the game against they're playing IUP, correct i think it was IUP. the first round in yeah the first I round i believe was, so was IUP? so what happened was terrell made a basket she throws her arm out. She accidentally hits a girl. Complete accidental mistake. Like no, no malice intention at all. But since it was above the neck, NCAA says, okay, suspended a game. Wow. Just, just, for, just, wow. For, just for the whole fact that it was above the neck.
0: Wow. wow. They got screwed then. So, <laughs> so
2: oh, and it gets better. Uh, so man. what happened, they were trying to appeal it to the NCAA. And the national NCAA appealed it. They said, okay, it was accidental. She can play. PSAC Commissioner does not overturn it. Wow! So the PSAC Commissioner, of all people, PSAC of all people the PSAC Commissioner representing not just the the
1: the the, the PSAC tournament. This is someone representing your conference in the national. Tournament. He
2: didn't. He did not overturn it. He would not. He said no. She's suspended for a game. That's, That's awful. awful. That's incredible. Wow! So I was gonna go. say like at no point I've watched
1: her, you know, two games plus I tune into like some of their games now and then. They they yeah. played a lot of really good games this year. And I watched for a little while. Um, at no point where I was like, oh, she's malicious, dirty. No, like, f- even no. like I wouldn't even call her like a terribly physical player. No, she's just that good. She doesn't really have to. Be I mean, sp- she's been- was, she player. was she bang- was
0: she was banged up as well. Like she had yeah. her hand injury and yeah. uh, was it ankle or uh, hamstring hamstring injury right. in yeah. the P.S.A.C. tournament that she was playing through, and then. I mean, I have to think if she plays against Charleston, that was an ugly game. Was they win ugly. they win that game, win. and then so, they go yeah. on to play. They play Glenville in the championship, and, I mean, if Shepard was able to almost beat them if once they beat the press, with, the, the, with you have to think Cal would have been able to with if they could beat the press. With, their, with her post moves and that game. Just Listen, I mean, we they, saw they, how uh, Cindy Clayton dominated. They, the exactly. Yeah. They had nothing for Sid. They're not going to have anything for Deja.
1: And nothing no. against Sid, but Deja Terrell is you – know, She's the better player, offensively and defensively. Yeah, I mean she's Sid Sid without the fouling and Sid with like maybe two or three more post moves, just as good a and shooter and And taller, like, you know, what are you going to do with that? Because if you can't, I don't. <laughs> it just sounds like I'm disparaging Sid, but it's like if you can't handle Sid, who is a great player, mm-hmm. how are you going to handle somebody who is like? In all timer, like the next in, evolution all-timer in that program i just yeah
2: no i'll say this like sid is a better finesse big she's better like yeah footwork in the Absolutely. post deja Terrell is an intimidating power big like she goes in yeah. there people fear getting posted up by deja Terrell. that's true that mm-hmm. that is a fear with a lot of women in that conference so if if sid took it and put 26 points up with five fouls about halfway through the fourth quarter Deja Terrell
1: could have easily put up a forty piece. I tell you, and her rebounding is another key to that
2: because that's part of their offense
1: is we're putting up the fastest shot. Assume we're gonna. I mean, they rebound so many of their misses. It's it's really incredible the way, like, just always in the right position. There, Um, she would have. I mean, just
0: wrecked that game. (laughs) Oh, Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. So we can get into so the Shepherd basketball season's over. I look forward to next year. That's what I want to look forward to right now. Because it was looking, I will
1: say, just based before before the season ended, we looked ahead to next year. Not much on this show too much, but just in life. We do lots of show outside of the show where we go,
0: oh, well, this is pretty much the show because we're just talking sports. Yeah, I know. We When we were driving up to Oakland uh, <laughs> last, last week, we started talking for like five, ten minutes about just sports. We, and we were like, yeah. wow, we're just doing the show. We're just doing the
1: well, show. There you go. But, um, there you go. Uh, we were just talking about the season and... Um, we're like, man, like as good as Abby is, and you know these role players. Even if some of them step up, it's like, how good can they really be? You know, obviously there's going to be a drop off. You're losing two of the all time greats in your program. Um, what's this team going to look like? How are they not going to compete at this level? But you know, still be upper half of the the conference and. You know, maybe try to make a postseason run. Like, how are they going to do that? We didn't really know. We couldn't even really put together a full starting lineup because we didn't know what those pieces were going to look like. Yep. But we have heard about some recruits. We've heard and how they're looking.
0: The recruits. So, what we're looking at here. So, first of all, let's give some credit to uh, Jordan Smith, especially who had 14 points in that game against Glenville State. If she can develop her shot further, like when early into her freshman year, she looked like. A quality shooter. Her their fir, her very first collegiate game, like she hit like, like my six threes. She hit like, a oh, ton wow. of threes.
1: Like they were they they blew out whoever they played. I can't remember. It was you know two or three years ago? At it might have been one of those uh East teams. You one know, of those like Mountain teams, Elkins, but still you know a real team. And she came out on fire. And
0: we're like, oh my gosh, like. This girl, she can miss was, from three. I was more, I came out of that game more impressed with her than Abby than Abby Beeman. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a different time because I was like, that's when they still had uh, Lindsay Lindsay Barron. Oh, uh, how do you pronounce her name? Lindsay Bedrigal, Bedrigal Uh playing point guard uh, off the bench when she eventually left the team halfway through the year. But they started Abby, and I thought, and I remember my first thought, the first game I went to. I don't know if it was the first game of the year or not. I went to that game like wow, they're starting a freshman point guard. And I remember thinking like part th- part of the way through that game, you know, Abby turning the ball over like she still does. And it's like wow, they got this freshman point guard out here. My but then Jordan Smith just all these threes. First, like wow. my first opinion of Abby was she's doing way too much with the ball. Yep.
1: <laughs> Cuz it was her <laughs> first game and she's she played then like she doesn't like she's primary ball handler. There's good there's a lot of dribbling. And I was like, man, like she's a freshman like we got to chill out here. Yeah. Cuz she wasn't like it took a couple games to really become Abby Beeman, and by that like she was Abby Beeman very quickly. But the first game, I was like, man, like come on now, like I'm doing a lot here. We're a freshman. Let's <laughs> Sid's on the court. Just <laughs> give us a Sid. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a different time. Jordan started hot shooting, um, and I don't know what happened to her shot. Uh, I doubt she's changed much of it, but um, it's just inconsistent. It, it's inconsistent, and, and her shot. Which the, the consistent part of it, it, it's very flat. Yes, it's a very flat shot. If she just simply puts more arc on her shot, I have no doubt she can be a very capable three-point shooter. That's just something you have to get in the gym <laughs> in the off season mm-hmm. and just hundreds of shots a day if, if you're really trying to be like that. You know. Yeah. Um. So that's 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 something that's really on her. I'm you know, there's coaching available to you, obviously, that can help you with that mechanics wise, but really, you know, maybe just jump a little higher <laughs> and you have arc on your shot yeah. <laughs> that might be the difference really
0: yeah so before we talk about recruiting class or anything i'll give uh Riley here a chance to talk about some of the other players that are going to be still around uh like megan shipley Minor, Mackenzie freeze i want to know some of how you feel about players like that they're going to be slotted into some bigger roles coming up in the next season
2: yeah definitely so i was uh i'll pick up back on jordan when we're talking about that i've i've talked with you dylan about that I was, i've said yeah george smith's the best pure defender on this team I, oh, yeah. And I strongly That was something that.
0: that came along, like later into this season, as they start like they started putting Jordan like on the point, the best you know player right on there. the defense. It used to be like Hannah Myers would guard your your Ariel Jones, your Destiny Jeffersons, mm-hmm. your uh, players like that. Late into the season, I first noticed it with the she- with Shippensburg game, is Jordan Smith.
2: And I I wholeheartedly believe that best pure defender on that team on the perimeter is Jordan Smith. She can lock people down. She's tenacious. She's quick, and she really brings it. Now she doesn't have the size maybe of like Hannah does, but Jordan's just tenacious. She will get in your head. I mean, she yep. was like that with Jefferson. She was on Sierra Lloyd for a lot of that game against yes. against Cal, that and was she huge, she was guarding a Winfield game. a lot from Glenville too. Yeah. And I mean, Zacaya Winfield. I'll say this: she a great defender in her own right. Oh Very, yeah, Zakea Winfield, really good defender. I believe she was uh, the uh, the uh, Atlantic Region Player of the Year, if I'm correct. So that makes sense. All, big props to her; fantastic player. Yeah, but-
0: and I mean, if you know Jordan's dad at all, like we've uh, we often sit around with uh, Jordan's dad at the games. Uh, me and Ryan, uh, you can see that that's where she gets it from. She definitely has it instilled from her dad, who is always constantly. He switches sides at ha- at halftime so that he can be at whatever end of the court Shepherd's defense is at, yes. and he can yell. Uh, to get the you know motivate the defense. D, he's up, a, D
1: up, stay yeah. on the floor. Yeah, he's, I love always, that. he's always saying I love he's, that. he's
0: always he's always saying stay on the floor, he is like, Sid. Yeah, he's, stay on he the floor. Is, Sid. He's classic basketball dad, like Absolutely. on the sidelines. That is awesome. Um,
1: but man, like she it's it's what happens when great effort is combined with a great athlete. And yes. part of that is, at least on this year's team they weren't really going to ask a lot of her on offense. On no. offense, it was just don't be a liability. Don't turn the ball over and make layups. That's all we're going to ask you to do. Yep. If you get an open jumper, you can take it. We don't ex- maybe expect you to make it. Any makes you get there are a plus. So really use that energy on defense because we need you to lock down whoever. And I think that's part of it, the switch we saw, where that that was Hannah in the past. Even past couple years where Jordan's on the team. Um, but the thing with Hannah this year is is it really came down to her free throw shooting, like, flat out. Yeah. You can talk about her shooting woes, whatever you want to do. At the end of the day, you can't be out there. You know, you can be a great defender, and she was. I mean, she's great at poking the ball out, kind of like Abby is, has that instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, But, man, it would come down to it, and you, you can't go 0- 0 for 4 from the line. You just cannot yeah, do it. Absolutely. I don't care how good of a defender you are, and if there's somebody like Jordan who is just as good as you – you know, sorry, that's you know, that's basketball. That's tough. It's competition.
2: Yeah. But now on that same end, I, I kinda like how it switched itself out because it brought Hannah Moore into the post and Lord was she one heck of a rebounder towards the stretch oh, yeah. to the of the end of That's something season. that really developed mm-hmm. this she, year. Like, she there she I think she had eight rebounds in one half at one point. I think, she had, 13, was, I think
0: she had thirteen total against Glenville. There you of, go, that like, was that was part of
1: it against Glenville is you gotta you have to rebound their first miss. You have to. And she was right yep. there the and that time. that's
2: why i feel like that switch really turned it up for this team because they really switching those two like hey jordan we're gonna put you on the ball handler mm-hmm. hannah go crash the boards yep she stepped into that role and she killed it what right because awesome. i wouldn't call i
1: wouldn't call jordan you got again you mentioned size i wouldn't call her a great rebounder by any means no you know, i mean she's a good athlete she can get up there and go get it but um hannah for you know any mistake she makes i mean hard defense can rebound yes and that's that's you know that's yep. what a role player is <laughs> yeah
0: and now hannah's going to be gone after this yeah, year that's,
2: that's that is an underrated miss for this team, especially yep. with the rebound she had towards the end of the year and then again like you can pull her out and have her poke balls out in the perimeter too because that's that's a that's another solid defender that they're going to lose so yep. that's, that's that's an underrated loss i think on this yep. team but
0: they will still have Mackenzie freeze who we have praised on this show uh me and coach josh when we had him in here uh she can be your uh First person off the bench, your secondary yeah. ball handler. They ran some lineups this year with uh, McKenzie and Abby and Marley even on the court all at the same time. Three guard lineups. Yes. So, I mean, she... I, I will say about McKenzie
1: Freeze is if, if you're in a point next year where teams are absolutely smothering Abby, you run McKen- you let McKenzie handle the ball and you let Abby play off the ball yes. and get open threes. Because I agree. she's yes. going to be your primary, like, not prim- maybe one of your only true, real three-point threats. Yes. So that's something to look into. I don't think McKenzie... I was talking to my friend about it. He doesn't follow Shepard too close, but he knows about the makeup of the team. He said, you got to start McKenzie at point guard and let Abby be the two. I was like, well, they won't do that. No, Abby's no, just she's too, too good, good of a passer. Too good of a passer, yeah. ball handle, just everything <laughs> to be yes. playing at the two. But if you're in a game, kind of like how they went to the press this year when things weren't going great for them, that can be like a little switch you make, a little adjustment that a lot of teams aren't really going to see coming because yep. for two years on tape it's been abby handling the ball for pretty
2: much 40 minutes a game yep. against everybody <laughs> yep.
0: and i'll let you give some praise to megan shipley who will again yeah, once absolutely. again be starting next year
2: yes and then a the big thing too we were talking about mckenzie the tapes out on abby and how to shut her down the, the cal tape is out in the p semis they yep. what, puts town too they they rolled around the screen double teamed her in the corner she just doesn't have the size to get out of it god bless her but she just she does not have the size to get out of it when you put two big defenders on her Yeah, and so Should i feel she got to learn I- to go to the left I feel, I feel like bringing McKenzie in as a second ball handler is is going to be a big time thing. But I, I I think she'll probably end up being that sixth woman off the bench for this team. Sub her in early, bring her in and work her in that. And then we were talking about uh, Megan Shipley, and I feel like she's probably going to step into that Hannah Myers role next year. Going to be a defender, scrappy defender. Bring her bring her down low, rebound, be that type of player for this team as well. And and Running We're, the floor on offense, pretty, she, pretty much hustles, man. She 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 is a Absolutely. scrapper. She give is give me a scrapper. give me
1: one post move that that's that's really effective. Just a little, just a little Shipley. baby hook, A little baby man. Because I I believe she can do it. I think if she shot more, she could be a half decent
0: shooter. Little reverse reverse layup, something like like Hannah like especially,
1: especially for a freshman. Just anything like that. Whenever she's on offense, you know it doesn't happen often. But if she's trying to you know get her own shot in whatever situation she ended up with the ball where she's trying to do that very under control just a heady player very yes, deliberate yeah i mean because we see so many players um freshman to to senior to grad student yep um you can name anybody on the team where every now and then they just get a little out of control they get sped up um pretty much every missed layup this team has had especially on fast breaks that you've seen is because they are way too sped up. That when they don't need to be, Megan, yeah. Yeah. not a single time. The only time she speeds up is when she's blazing down the court past everybody. Yes. A lot of times, if, a lot password. of backdoor cuts from her. Mainly, oh, as yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I a lot of times it feels like, like. A lot
0: of times it feels like that's the difference between like a Division two player, the level of Shepherd, and a Division one player is just that they don't get sped up quite as often. Speed and, of the game, big. It's a big yep. thing. That yep. and size. Yep. So we've yeah. got they're gonna still have her around. Kara uh, Minor will likely be uh, slotted into a starting role next year as a stretch four stretch five Uh, i mean she can knock down threes she did better than i expected on defense and with rebounding yeah in the minutes of spelling spelling sid when she was on the bench so i think it's going to be interesting next year so all of that is to go around whatever whatever uh freshmen they bring in next year whichever freshman from this year that they had that they didn't play like sydney Bowles got some minutes off the bench uh, every now and then, some of it wasn't in crunch time. Maybe it was like foul trouble. She would step up right. and step in. Uh, she
2: seems like, to be. She seems her, to be well liked on the team. I liked her basically. length. I liked yes. her
0: rebounding.
1: Obviously, extremely limited minutes. Mm-hmm. She, you know, yeah. so it's hard to really get it. A, a definitely, beat on her.
2: probably will be one of your uh, bigs off the bench, kind of maybe step into what Kara did this year. Yes, re- co- come in and spell her when yeah. needed. Or a Maddie I've White. Been, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, have, I don't know what type of
1: shots she has, but I mean, I could definitely see yeah. her just uh, download, just being a presence. Rebounding because man, when when Sid came out this year, it's like who's really going to be rebounding because obviously, you know, Hannah hadn't, you know, Hannah was kind of still playing, two stop playing out in the backcourt. And so, um, yeah, I think that's definitely somebody who, when she comes in, that's the one thing you can rely on. I don't know what type of shot she's going to have again, like, but hey, yep, (laughs) you never
0: like, you don't know about
1: these players till they really. Get into playing real, real games. Yeah, like cr- like the garbage time in those last two minutes. You're not going to tell anything from from that. Yeah, time. and then yeah. Jordan
0: Carr was another one who got a little bit of minutes off the bench in crunch in a uh, garbage time. Who I think one game scored four points. Uh, yeah. One of those one of those games she got in scored at least once. Might uh, might have been twice in the same game. But uh, she looked like she had a little bit of ability as like a, a two guard. You know, makes yeah. uh, do a little bit off the dribble, kind of like a Jordan Smith. The two of them are you know Jordan and Jordan. They're close with each other. There you go. And but. All of that, I need to talk about this because I discovered this this week when I talked to Coach Josh. I asked, I just asked him. I was like, "What's what's the recruiting class looking like?" I was just curious. He told me about one player. He said they had a second one sign, but he specifically uh, mentioned out one player by name. Her name is Emily Weekly from Luray, West Virginia, Luray High School. She's five foot eleven. She is already a good start. Exactly. The same bad. I'll take it. (laughs) same, same height as Cindy Clayton, 2,500 point scorer in high school. The fourth all time leading scorer in Virginia high school women's basketball. She, I've watched a little bit of her stuff. She, uh, got her team to the state championship twice. Uh, I believe it's double a, uh, Virginia basketball, uh, Won one state championship two two years ago. They didn't do a state championship tournament uh, last year, COVID year, and then got back to the state championship this year and lost. But she averages thirty points and twelve rebounds a game. Wow! Uh, and looking at the the tape, she's five eleven like Sid, but she plays closer to Marley McLaughlin's style. She's a huh. she's a slasher. She can shoot the ball she can def- she she's going to she's 5'11, she's got the height to defend down low on just fours move, or fives. She's not she's not like this she's not of like a slight build like Kara Miner. She has a build closer to a Sidney Clayton, not quite as, you know, a burly and strong as yes. Sid, but she has a handle. She looks like she can drive and slash and like get out in transition. She can handle the ball a little bit. She can do a little bit of passing. More of a more of a scorer it looks like. But and she gets rebounds. She's averaging 12, 12 rebounds a game. This is high school, obviously, but, you know, double-A high school, which is the same as what Abby Beeman played yes. at, at Frankfurt, uh, Frankfurt High School. She seems like the piece that can bring this team that looked like it was going to be Abby and a bunch of role players that are kind of fitting and, you know, maybe be given too much responsibility for what they're ready for. Yeah, And if she can come in and have a similar kind of impact to an Abby Beeman as a freshman – Anything similar to that. Like, yeah. even, even if it's 10 points a game. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, like, it, but, but give she give me a looks fraction like, of it, like, if you give yeah. me 10 points, four rebounds a game. But she
0: looks I'll like the type it. that can come in right away and score 15 points a game. If you can shoot, 17? you can shoot. Simple as that. Like, she looks like she can come in and slot into the production of a Marley McLaughlin and maybe do some work on defense down low. I think she can play the four or the five. In place of, you know, Kara is of a slighter build. She can take on the center instead of a for, uh, power forward mm-hmm. on defense. And then you can play five out oh, on yeah, yeah. offense. Or you can play Emily down low, even though she's more of a slasher. You can you you know, Kara at the dunker spot, somewhat down on the block. There's going to be some great small lineups. Just Absolutely. elite small yeah. lineups. <laughs> I think that, I mean, obviously, I, all I've seen is, you know, competition against high school. But we saw what Abby Beeman did at the same level of high school in a smaller state. Yeah, yeah West was, Virginia. Was, was it single double A West Virginia. Uh, Frankfurt would be double Ber- a. a, same a. as, same as, as that, same, yeah. same as Berkeley yeah, same Springs, same as Berkeley well. Springs. So you figure
1: double A in Virginia? Double A in Virginia, probably of West like, Virginia. Probably like and she scored
0: twenty five hundred points as opposed to Abby was a two thousand point scorer. Yeah. So,
2: I mean, we won't get
0: s- my expectations. T-
2: high so i'll throw this in here i'm from virginia so i do know the classification system so Mm. they are it is a sixth grade classification system in virginia so you got your single a which is your smallest level of schools then you have your 2a which is where we are right now and then your three then you like your six a's or like your seven just five your seven enormous. your seven five sevens your glorified colleges yeah <laughs> your seven five seven area your yeah. where, where you're all those like big time athletes like cam chancellor and michael vick and oh, russell yeah. wilson all mm-hmm. all those guys are in the that seven five seven northern virginia area so yeah, like i mean after, two two a is still very competitive we uh my old high school we were three a when i was in there we just recently dropped down to two a but again the competition level pretty good in there so it's it's pretty exciting and i'll say this as well well i feel like this offseason is going to be on the back of cara minor a lot i feel like she is going to be a piece that is going to have to take that step for this team to go deep again if she can get yeah. some sort of
0: offense outside of just uh spot up three pointers it's going this team can be something you I go agree, with yeah. jordan if you're jordan smith work on that three pointer so you can get those spot up threes Don't worry about shooting off the dribble. Like she had a little bit of that, you know, off the dribble mid range game that looked pretty good here and there. And Kara had those spot up three pointers that at some points she was hit, hit, hit. Like she's a really, really good outside shooter. Very streaky. A little streaky, but when she's on, she can hit, you know, she can hit you four or five threes in a game. So they get that. And if Emily Weekly can slot into that number, that number two scorer and the number one option for abby to pass to whether it be you know on the wing whatever and emily if she can handle the ball herself and slash in and find abby spotting up you know if emily can be the one driving and kicking yeah that can add a whole nother because for as good as marley was she was not much of a like drive and kick when she drove she would kind of like she would either drive all the way and shoot. She would stop, pull up, you or know, do a fadeaway. Up, yeah. Yeah. She was never really the type to like when she's driving full force. She's either going to the basket or she's stopping looking for a shot. If she doesn't has it, doesn't have the shot, then she passes
2: it. Yeah, she usually likes to swing that pivot foot around anytime yeah. she's like going to the basket if she's looking out for a pass. So yeah, definitely the uh, if she can do that drive and kick thing right there. It'd be humongous, and the way we're describing Emily weekly right now, I'll give a NBA comparison for you guys: <laughs> Pascal Siakam, kind of, kind of, that type of player. Kind of, you know what? Kind of
0: from, from watching the, some some of the film that I saw, I don't think you're wrong. I don't. Th- I, she might be more of a scorer, less of like a all-around defender. See, here's the thing: cause she might be better than him, straight up one-on-one. One on, yeah,
2: <laughs> she's big for a three. She can also play the four. And that, that's kind of like the role I see because both can play yeah, on That's the a pretty both good can, comparison what i Both can play in the post. It's, that's a, a versatile weapon is what positionless is. probably the best position for yes. Emily Week. And if she can have some help from the coaching staff that uh,
0: I believe, I don't know if we had this confirmed or not, you may have that next year's assistant coach. Josh Medina is uh, expected to uh, step down from the assistant coaching role and in Marley McLaughlin.
2: As far as I know of that that is the plan as I don't have anything completely confirmed from sources that I've heard that is said to be the plan because Marley is out of athletic eligibility after this past basketball season she's got one more year left in her master's program so she's going to step into a grad assistant position and she's going to be the assistant under Coach Eccleberry's as far as I know of unless something changes that is the plan.
0: I mean, that's a lot sounds to look like forward a, to. Sounds like a good plan to me. It does. That's sound a, like a that's, that's good a good plan
2: assistant to coach to have to the yeah. uh, uh, the uh, spiritual leader. You want a good. Uh, uh, you want a
1: good uh,
0: shooting tips from your coach. Um, <laughs>
2: <It's> <laughs> not 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 much better than Marley, honestly. Yeah. So
0: so that's Shepherd basketball. The the past, the present, the future. So of the women of uh, our last five minutes here. <laughs>
2: I did not expect this to go 55 minutes. But there you go. I will say this, though. The the men's team, I feel like, is going to take a big step up next year, too.
0: We should mention them real quick, yeah, yeah. because I do want us to get in some of our uh, March Madness uh, stuff here in a second. But the men's team, for sure, they got Kyle Daggett is going to be leaving. Uh, Cam Stevens as well. Yeah. But PJ, Phillip Jordan. Uh, you're going to have D.C., Daniel McClain-Corley coming back next year. He missed a lot of the season.
2: Most of it, honestly. Pretty much the whole year. It was yeah. really, he played
0: maybe five games. He was, he was looking like their number one scoring option. Yeah, he was putting up about 20
2: points a game. He was looking really so good. So he comes oh, yeah, back. I
1: mean, they had those first couple games. One was in overtime. Might have both been. I can't remember if, if both were in overtime or not, but – um, Over time, it was him every possession. Like go, he was rolling, go get a yeah. shot and win the game. Essentially, is is what it came down to. And they're gonna
0: have guys like Aiden Hewley back and uh, pa- Carson Poffenberger, yeah. uh, guys like that, that. I really like the way Aiden Huly came on late in the year. Yeah, he's yeah.
2: he's tenacious. I I uh, the best way I can describe it is if you were to like splice Kyle Dagan into two different people, it'd be Hewley and Poffenberger. Absolutely, Hew- a good, Hewley, yeah. Hewley is a bully big. He goes down there. He fights down low, gets your rebounds, gets your and-ones. Poffenberger is a stretch four. He yeah. po- he po- he spots up, shoots threes. He's a pretty good three-point shooter. Ka- kind, of the, kind of the, like, splice of Kyle Daggett through those two guys. Even,
1: even Hughley late in the year. He was making a couple threes. was taking some threes. He, and he I made like, some. Mm. I, I was like, wow, that's, that's yeah, big. The first yeah. time he took one, I was like, that's not in his game, is it? And then he eventually made one. I was like, okay. Because, <laughs> okay. I mean, okay. Kyle – when he first started that we we well talked late. about like namalik developing guys i mean kyle came in and it was just kind of like okay back up he's back up center He'll come in, get some rebounding that's really all they're going to ask of him he didn't do much of anything on offense yeah, yeah. by the end of his career i mean he's got that little hook that was unstoppable yeah, most was of the time he was the best three point shooter on the team um not not saying aiden Huey's going to do all that but i mean yeah. if he takes anywhere close
0: to that
2: trajectory He's going to be a Potent- great contributor. potential. There's a lot of potential on that men's team. It's, like, and there's, here, it's not so.
0: not a slight on Coach Eckelberry at all. But when it comes to the men's team, uh, Coach Namlik, there is just such a like ob- like very clear uh, cut like adding of weapons to the uh, arsenal of players that happens. Like Kyle Daggett adding his three pointer, Aiden Hewley adding some stuff. Like there's such there's just such a like very clear and obvious like development of specific skills to yes. add to a skill set when it comes to the men's team that's very impressive and it's always fun to watch year from the beginning to the end of the year. Cam Stevens went
1: from almost entirely a spot-up shooter to being forced into being the primary ball handler and facilitator, you know. Posted had, up a lot too. Posting up, I mean he had everything in his game that he did not have before. Crazy. One one I know it was a year in between they had the covid, but I mean from year to year, one season to the next, he was 10 times literally 10 times improved a player, just as good as a three-point shooter um and I mean that's just, you know, I mean the players are are putting in work clearly in the off season, but I mean that's that's coaching. That's that's what great coaching does and that's what coaching does that might not necessarily have the best ability to recruit like an IUP would or yeah. a Mercyhurst would. Yeah.
2: And the thing with like this men's team, too, it's it's offset from the women's, we pretty much know who's going to be that five next year. It's going to be Jordan. It's going to be D.C. It's going to be Preston playing the three. Probably Poffenberger the four, and Hewley's going to be the five. Yep. That's probably yep. going to be your five coming in. And that's, that's a big confidence boost right there. It's like, and, all right, yeah, here's what we that, got. We're good a, to go.
1: Get a great freshman maybe. Maybe plug yep. him in just to get – a freshman you oh, into, into yeah. the starting lineup, and I'll him. say
2: this too: if Jordan Gibson can get be- more consistent with his shooting, that's that's a weapon off the bench right there. Mm-hmm, big, yeah. big, mm-hmm. big weapon off the bench. That's the thing. That's the thing with Jordan Gibson. He's a very we were talking about it with Carolina, very streaky shooter. Either Gibson's scoring eighteen, or he's shooting two of nine from three point range, yep. and he's got six points. Decision making is big with him as well. Yes, this agreed. is something
1: that that John Preston really stepped up in this uh this past season is he used to get the ball and he'd pretty much shoot it wherever he was he'd get the ball and say i'm getting my shot this year he'd catch it obviously if he's wide open he's gonna knock it down he's a very competent uh three-point shooter but he'd get the ball if it clearly wasn't an open shot he'd you know take take a beat look around find the best option find the open man um just that little things like that, where it's where it's not an automatic wasted possession if it yeah. gets to him, and he's he's forcing up a three. And I think Jordan Gibson's the same way, where it's like, hey, you can get the ball, you can hold it for a second, um, just play team ball, really. Because I think a lot of these guys, like you can tell, they were the guy in their high school,
2: yeah, um, of course, either
1: primary ball handler, gonna mm-hmm. shoot it every time, no questions asked. They got to learn how to play that team ball in college, because especially at a school like Shepherd, um, where you're not gonna have like a superstar. You got to play team ball. You got to move it around, um, keep things going. But yeah, a lot of promise for sure. Uh, PJ showed some promise late in the season with a, some flurry of scoring. If he keep that going, especially his shooting with his ball handling
0: facilitating, um, sky's the limit. All right. So before we get out of here, we're basically at our time over our time now. But there's nothing that we're, we're not going to hold up NPR by a but a, a or anything. Uh, the Division One tournament, real quick, it started today. I just want to get on the record. First of all, That's as nice. we speak right now, UConn is down by one point to New Mexico State with one sixteen left. Teddy Allen of former West Virginia fame, Teddy buckets, and former uh, tw- Nebraska and former Wichita State and former, former community uh, college, <laughs> yes, five five co- the five college man who's still a redshirt junior somehow. Um, he has twenty. <laughs> he has twenty eight points. Look at that! Uh, wow. I believe. Uh, like, what is that? His age? It's,
1: Probably close to. Yeah, a, he, he's sh- gonna be. He's gonna be. Finishing his junior year, technically, he's going to be 24 years old in a few months.
0: Yep. It's like the next Perry So, (laughs) as it stands right now, that's where we are. Uh, Kentucky is only up by four with five minutes left at St. Peter's. Uh, St. Mary's up by 22. San Diego State up on Creighton by five points. I want to get on the record here from the three of us our big upset predictions and our bold predictions for this tournament because I know some of them already not worked out. I picked South Dakota State. That didn't work out. But I'm I'm just going to get this on the record here we've tweeted out, you know, Ryan and I at least our uh, double digit upsets for the uh, for the the round of 64. Bold predictions from me. Virginia Tech sweet 16. Wisconsin the 3 seed, they will not make it to the sweet 16, whether it is losing to Colgate, wow. which I will I was hesitant to pick, but I ended up just saying screw it, picked it. Either losing to them or losing to LSU, that's going to happen one way or another. Wisconsin in the metrics Really in like the 30s, even though they're a three seed. So there's that. And then I had Iowa in the final four. That's, <laughs> we, we ain't going to talk about that. Yeah, we don't need to talk that about that. I will say Houston. Houston had a tough draw as a five seed. Mm. They are rated in like Ken Palm ratings, like top five uh, in all of those kind of metrics and rated BPI. If they didn't, if their one seed in their region wasn't Arizona and it wasn't also Gonzaga, I would have them in the final four.
2: Could be a sneaky pick. Wow. I'll say th- mine right now. San Francisco Ooh. goes to the Sweet 16. Wow! They upset oh. Kentucky. San Francisco. Wow. Well, they might. I mean, tonight. as it
0: stands, they might not have to upset got, Kentucky. Got, it's uh, a Murray very State close team. game. They're only up by four. Four forty left in the second half.
1: Yeah, I'd say um, uh, I got Miami
0: Sweet 16. You know, it's, okay,
1: you know, something different. I did have Iowa Elite eight. You know, not less great. said about that the better. Um, but my Final Four <laughs> is still intact. Um, I do have Wisconsin in my Final Four, along with
0: Arizona, Baylor, Gonzaga. Yes, I Arizona. will go ahead and say Arizona's winning it all. I've got Gonzaga versus Arizona, and I've, I'm rolling with Chet Holmgren oh, and Drew Timmy.
1: Don't get me started. All
2: right, so I'm going to throw the uh, controversial pick out here. The Blue Devils are winning the national championship. Oh. oh. I, think
0: th- I think that they're losing to Texas Tech.
2: Here, Here's why. The story is being painted. Coach K lost his final home game. Coach K loses the ACC championship. Oh, man. Coach K wins the national championship, cuts down the nets, and retires on top. It It, it is a storybook ending. <laughs> it makes too much sense. It's going to be all over his 30 for 30 that we're eventually going to get in about oh, five
1: years. It's Probably a 10-part docuseries. It,
2: it, he's going to get his own Michael Jordan documentary series on Netflix. It's bound to happen. I will say, it's it, it, it writes itself. It and Duke is an underdog right now. People are saying, "Oh, Duke's overrated. Duke yeah, they shouldn't are. even be here." I'm I'm feeling the Blue Devils. If Duke wins it all,
0: it's rigged. I'm, I'm right feeling
2: now. I'm feeling it. Rick it's it's a storybook ending.
0: Right before we go off the air here, 66 to 60, New Mexico State with 28 seconds left. I'm going to go to the uh, the the scoring for New Mexico State in the last seven minutes of the game. 707. Teddy Allen made three pointer. Uh, then we had Clayton Henry made three-pointer. That was with five minutes left. With Since 3.55 left in the game, Teddy Allen, three made free throws. Teddy Allen made three-pointer. Teddy Allen, two made free throws. Oh, Teddy Allen man. made layup. Teddy Allen made layup. That's a, that was an and one there. So he is up to, I believe, 32 points. He's got to be the worst person in the world. To play at five different schools, right? Like, just, that just doesn't. 33 points, excuse
1: I me. I can understand you clash with Huggins, but man, you do. New all Mexico
2: that. State. Who would have who <laughs> thought. U- UConn was in deep in a lot of people's brackets, too, yep. I'm pretty sure. Oh, man, so UConn. Teddy Buckets. It's the uh, curse of the five seed, it seems. This will be the second five seed to go down.
1: Yep. And That's, I do have UConn in my
2: Sweet 16.
0: Well, that's a tough. That's a tough
2: scene. Then, yeah, it's I had them a, losing the Arkansas. It's been a bad day. We'll, I, unless I they also, lose the I also had UConn in the Sweet Sixteen. So that'll be a tough. That'll be a tough one as well. Everyone's
0: bracket is busted. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs> Highly disputed. WSHC Shepherdstown, the voice of Shepherd University. Dylan Bishop, Ryan Stickle, and Riley Griffith. Thank you for joining us. In the booth tonight,
2: yeah, absolutely. It was a great time. Finally, I, this was this was on my bucket list to get to. So now that <laughs> now, be some bucket list, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't mean that and like oh here we go, check it off the list. But I I have wanted yeah. to pop on and talk sports with you guys for a long time. Obviously, sports schedule was crazy. Finally, that's out the way. But. Yeah, it was a great time talking sports yeah. with you guys for the past hour. I, I I love me a good sports talk and come eat. back
1: uh come back anytime cuz man, once March madness, ends, oh yeah. It's it's just
2: baseball on TV. It's oh man. We'll talk oh, we could talk about that uh horrible contract that the uh, Rockies gave Chris Bryant, but yeah, we'll have
0: to we'll have to completely get to yeah. uh, football next week when Devontae <laughs> Adams uh, was just traded uh, to the Oakland Raiders and we did not talk about it at all. At, well, <laughs> and, yeah, it's t- oh, next and uh, the uh, greatest quarterback of all time unretired.
2: Who? Tom Brady. <laughs> oh, and don't forget the. Uh, the That's uh, next week. Don't, <laughs> oh, and Come then the. Uh, don't forget the uh, ugly divorce that is ensuing between uh, Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and also Deshaun Watson's probably going to be in the New Orleans Saint. Atlanta Falcon. Wow.
0: Sleep on that. Mitch Trubisky.
2: Oh, man. Pour it, pour All right. Poor, cut, poor, cut his vine. Pour <laughs> one out for Steelers fans.
0: For me. <laughs> R.I.P. Ryan Stickle. <laughs>